don't give up. Don't get frustrated and don't let fear and doubt and all these false feelings get in your way. I really think that that's strong advice. And there's probably a lot of people out there that are thinking, okay, that's easier said than done. And I absolutely know it is because I've been through it and I go through it every day. I get scared to do stuff for Entrepreneur on Fire and for Fire Nation all the time, but you can't let that stop you or else you'll never start. So just do it. Welcome to Starve the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Chris Cerrone from CerroneShow.com. Hey, Chris. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. And one of the reasons I'm doing so well is we're fortunate today to have Kate Erickson as our guest. Kate is not only a genius when it comes to marketing and branding, but in addition to that, she's a big part of the success behind the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast with her business partner and boyfriend, John Lee Dumas. As a content creator and community manager, her work with the ever popular and meteoric rise of Podcasters Paradise, she was able to help build a fantastic resource for entrepreneurs and podcasters all over the world while keeping it fun and exciting. Kate's passion for life and business is something that most people really strive to have. It is an honor for me to introduce the fabulous, talented Kate Erickson. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jared. What an incredible intro. Thank you. (laughs) Kate, the first question we like to have everybody on the show is, what is the best concert that you have ever been to? Oh my gosh, this is an easy one for me. I've been to a ton of awesome, I was going to say conferences. You said concert, right? Yeah, let's start with concerts. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Coldplay in San Diego. I saw Coldplay with my sister probably eight years ago, maybe. And it was so incredible. Love them. Well, I know John's a big U2 fan. Do you like them as well? I do like U2, but I don't know that I would be really, really excited about going to one of their concerts. A lot of people are probably booing me right now. I shouldn't have started off the interview that way. <laughs> well, John will probably shake his head. If you heard <laughs> you say that, but it's all good. Let's go into blank versus blank, and we'll basically give you two options, and you can uh, say which one you prefer and maybe a short reason why. And go ahead, Chris. Let's kick it off. Sure. Let's talk reggae for a second. Ooh. Would you rather listen to the band Steel Pulse or One Drop? I have to say One Drop just because they're very close to my heart. I actually am good friends with the lead singer. And so I have to say One Drop. I love them. I love Steel Pulse too, but if it's either or One Drop. Awesome. All right, Kate, which makes you happier? A beautiful sunset on Sail Bay versus Dunkin' Donuts opening a second location in San Diego? What makes me happier is Dunkin' Donuts opening a second location (laughs) in San Diego. And the only reason I say that is because, okay, I won't qualify. That's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we we need to qualify. Okay. Because the sunset on Sail Bay uh, is so amazing because it it really makes me calm. So if I'm just thinking happy, Dunkin' Donuts definitely puts a smile on my face. Genuine happiness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do finish this sentence. Go ahead, Chris. Sure. The one thing that I miss the most about living in Maine is the winters. And that's so crazy for me to say, because I already want to take it back. But I became such a good skier in Maine. I never thought that I'd be that good of a skier. And my first time out on the slopes when I was back in Maine, John's dad took me on a black diamond. And I thought I was going to die. I mean, I like never skied that much, maybe once a year in San Diego, but that was in Big Bear. I mean, it's nothing compared to skiing out east. So that was very scary. But by forcing me to do that, I became a really great skier. So I do miss that about Maine. That's awesome. Kate, you're pretty vocal about this, at least on social media. How You really enjoyed the Sochi Winter Olympics. What did you enjoy the most about watching those Olympic Games? 
You know, I think this is the first time that I watched the Olympics where I was really able to connect with the athletes on a whole different level. Like I started recognizing things about the way that they were being, just how passionate they are about their sport, um, how much time and dedication they put into training. And it really resonated with me as a new entrepreneur to see that type of dedication and that type of passion going into something that I could really relate to for the first time before Olympic athletes were like somebody that I couldn't touch, somebody that I couldn't really relate to because I didn't have any way to compare myself to them really where I felt like that I got it. And watching the Olympics this year, I just got that. And it was a really cool connection to make. Absolutely. The last finish this sentence, if you have never heard of the Fire Path series... Okay, I'm finishing it. You're finishing it. We can post edit that. If you've never heard of the Fire Path series, blank. If you've never heard of the Fire Path series, you should be very excited to sign up because I'm going to take you on a wild journey that's going to give you the best business tips in a weekly email series that you've ever signed up for. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm going to ask, where do they go to check that out? Yeah, definitely. The firepath.com. All right, Chris. So let's go ahead and get into a couple questions. If you're ready. She's ready to I'm ready. Okay, sweet. So it's no secret that you love and you're into branding and marketing and stuff like that. But it goes so much farther than just having like the shiniest logo or the nicest business card. For people that are listening that are just starting out, how would you describe this to people? I mean, what would you say to kind of get them to understand what it means to have branding? First off, you're so right. It's so much more than just a logo. And I think that people get really hung up on that because they think of the biggest brands and the brands that are most important to them. And a lot of brand recognition does come from your logo. That's truth. But it, that recognition is never going to come unless they know you as more than just a logo. You know, they really have to resonate with your message. They have to be able to connect with you. They have to find value in what you're providing. And all of those things are really what make up a brand brand to somebody. It's what defines what they think and feel when they see your name, when they hear your name, when they visit your website, when they see your logo. All of that comes from the feeling that they get from what you give them, not just what they see from your logo or, you know, from a picture. All of that is built through content and through communication and through building relationships with your audience. So a good idea for somebody just starting out, and I know you've talked about this a ton, is find your avatar, niche it down to the finite detail, and that would help you in turn build what your brand is going to look like. Absolutely. And it's not even really just about you building your brand to what it's going to look like. Once you've identified your avatar and once you know what that niche is, they're the ones that are going to help you define it because they're the ones that you're creating for. Awesome. Jared. Yeah, Kate, I remember the initial logo for Entrepreneur on Fire. And then I, I look at the one that you have now, which is amazing. But the contrast is pretty significant. Did you play a role in that initial logo? You know, in the initial logo, I did not very much. John went out and he got that. And you know how John is. He's all about taking action. He's about making it happen. Right. He wasn't going to let his logo hold him back. So I didn't play a huge role in the initial logo, no. Well, I would assume you've played a role in this one. And if I had to say, I'd, I like the newer one more. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting contrast to see where John has come from to where he is now in such a short amount of time, especially just talking logos and branding. It's pretty amazing. 
Absolutely. And I think that kind of goes to show that anybody who follows Entrepreneur on Fire and who knows our brand and who knows kind of our mission of inspiring millions, they didn't look at that logo before and get that any more than they look at our logo now and they get that. It's what we're bringing to them that is making them get that. Sure. Absolutely. So one of the things you've brought and has been wildly successful is Podcasters Paradise. So I want to dig into that a little bit. So let's talk about the initial idea for Podcasters Paradise. How are you able to say, okay, this is a good idea, but we need to validate it. How were you able to initially validate Podcasters Paradise? And then what was the tipping point that told you, hey, this is actually going to work? Great question. So Podcasters Paradise actually initially started as a product that John was creating called Six Figure Podcasting. And it was originally just going to be a one-off course that you would purchase and you would get that shipped to you, not literally via mail, but it was a ship product. It wasn't, you know, join our community and have this ongoing lifetime membership deal that we have now in Podcasters Paradise. And one way that we validated that Six Figure Podcasting wasn't the way for us to go is when we launched Fire Nation Elite, our mastermind community. And we realized the power of a community and how much we were helping those people who joined our mastermind tribe in support and getting advice and feeling like they were with other like-minded entrepreneurs. That really validated the community aspect of a product for us, that that was really something that our audience wanted and that they could truly benefit from. So John kind of started looking at six-figure podcasting and thought, maybe this isn't the right product. Maybe it still has to do with teaching people to podcast, but maybe it's in more of a community setting where they can talk with other podcasters, where they can build relationships with other podcasters. And we've seen the importance of making connections in the industry and growing entrepreneur on fire and thought, what if we could expose new podcasters to this idea of really creating solid relationships with other podcasters? Because as you guys both know, podcasting is not about this super competitive, like I'm going to knock you off and I'm not going to help your podcast grow. You know, this is really a community thing that we have going in podcasting. And so we knew it was going to be important to have a community for that. So that's kind of how Podcasters Paradise was born. It was kind of a combination of this six-figure podcasting product and the success that we saw with our elite mastermind community. And basically what we did is we emailed our list and we said, hey, this is what we're thinking. What do you guys think? And people Mm -hmm. loved the idea. So let me ask a question real quick. One quick side note, as an early member of Podcasters Paradise, I absolutely now see the vision that you guys had and it's absolutely working. There's nothing like the community on there, first and foremost. Quick plug. But also when you guys are in the middle of it and you're sending out these emails and you're doing all this work and you started to come up with this idea, was there ever a moment in the building process that you started having doubts even that if it's going to even work? Oh, definitely. I mean, especially in the beginning, I was so scared to send out that email because I thought if we send this out and nobody signs up for this interest list, what are we going to do then? Does that mean that we go back to six figure podcasting and try doing that? Or, you know, where do we go from there? And that's a really scary thought for sure. Once we sent out that email and saw that much interest, I think that we were both very confident that it was going to work. Then it just became a matter of how, because we were talking about what we wanted this community to be. But in all honesty, John and I hadn't created anything for it yet. We had the vision, we had the idea, but we didn't have a membership site built. We didn't have campaigns in place so that when people purchased it, they would be sent their login information. And we didn't have videos and all this stuff posted in this place for people to go. That was all validation. And we had 100 people in the community before we even launched. 
All right. So one of the things I've noticed with Podcasters Paradise is the price started out, some would consider pretty reasonable in the beta round. And then as you've continued to grow Podcasters Paradise, the price has grown as well. So did you test any price point when you were first starting Podcasters Paradise? How did you know what price to begin with? That's a super question because I think a lot of people struggle with that. I know I definitely struggled with it when John and I were talking about it because we didn't really have anything to compare it to. You know, we saw podcast launch the book that John wrote on Amazon for $2.99 and Fire Nation Elite, I guess, was kind of a test for us. But that was more of an ongoing quarterly membership. It wasn't so much pay one time and have a membership for life. And so we were really trying to evaluate what, you know, that was going to be. John certainly reached out to a ton of mentors industry and kind of asked for their advice. People who had been through product launches before, people who had built communities. So, you know, we definitely looked for input from others, but it really was going to be a game of testing because everybody's audience is different. Everybody provides value in different ways. And the fact that we were creating a community that not only had this video tutorial library, had a forum, had this community aspect to it, had live monthly webinars, you know, it's kind of hard to put a value on that stuff and see what's going to stick. So when we did our early bird special, which was before we even launched, we were selling lifetime memberships for $197. Today, that lifetime membership is $1,197. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Wow. And one thing that I love that you said that I think more people need to focus on is you guys asked for help. You reached out like we're Mm -hmm. all doing our own thing. But sometimes I think people get scared to reach out and ask for help because maybe they don't want to look at it a certain way or they think they can figure it out on their own. But once they realize the power of just simply asking for help, they'll get a lot much further than they would on their own. Absolutely. A quick follow up to that. So you were getting really good advice from really smart people. How long was that process of saying, here's the idea. Now, here's the validation from Fire Nation Elite and then the good advice we got from other people and then actually launching the product. Like, how long did that take? John had been thinking about six-figure podcasting for a long time, but once we emailed our list and said, this is what Podcasters Paradise is going to be about, are you guys interested? That was two months before we launched. So we moved very fast at a scary pace for me. For John, he was like, let's do it tomorrow. For me, I was like, let's, you know, that's just me. That's (laughs) the difference between John and I's personalities is that John is like, let's go do it. And I'm like, well, let's think about it a little bit more. But I think that's why we make such great business partners. So it was about two months between the time that we emailed our list and launched. And I would say between the time that John and I started seriously talking about it, and we were like, well, what should we call this thing? What should our tagline be? Let's go on 99 designs and get a logo. That was maybe like a month before we announced it. So it was fast. Well, yeah, the speed of implementation is impressive. Did you kind of market the idea before you manufactured it? You said, hey, here this is, here's the early bird special, and then you built it or were you already building it? A little bit of both. We definitely had, you know, ideas for the foundation of it, what it was going to look like with the video tutorials and the forum and all this other stuff. But during the early bird special, we were absolutely reaching out to people that, you know, especially people who showed really strong interest in it and who we kind of already knew in the podcasting community anyway. You know, we absolutely asked for their input and said, you know, we're building this community for you. What are some of the things that you would like to see in that? And we really took advice. We also leaned on 
our mastermind a lot. John and I created the mastermind, but that doesn't mean that we don't need help too. That doesn't mean that we don't want to participate in the community too. And we're very active in Fire Nation Elite in asking for our fellow mastermind the members advice as well. So it goes, you know, both ways. It's not just us building something and then having everybody else communicate. We asked our mastermind tribe what they thought about it too. And they gave us some great input as well. So it was a little bit of both. Cool. That's awesome. So let's switch it up. Let's switch gears here for a second. And speaking of gears, you actually, your background <laughs> was in, if I'm wrong, correct me, it was like branding and marketing in the trucking industry. Am I somewhat okay there? You got it. Okay, sweet. All right. So and that really interests me because when you think about it, how difficult is it to really market and brand and, and make something that's so blasé to people and to make it sexy? How has that work in your past that you've done helped you today online with the podcast? Like what are some of the things you learned that you brought with to you to the table today? Well, in advertising and marketing as an account manager versus an actual creative, I found myself a lot of times not really worrying about the creative aspect of things. You know, that was what the creative team would take care of. And looking back on that, I realized how much that stunted me in my advertising and marketing career. Just because I am on the account side does not mean that I shouldn't be thinking creatively. And working with that trucking company really taught me that a lot. And working at this agency really taught me that a lot. I grew so much while I was at that agency, you know, thanks to the partners and thanks to the other people there. You know, I really realized how important it is to think out of the box because sure, it's easy to, you know, market BMW. I mean, they have awesome cars that are sexy and you can do all this crazy play on words and all this other stuff. And you can't really do that in the trucking industry either. You know, trucks aren't sexy and it's a commodity. You know, people aren't interested in the same types of things that you can play with other brands. In the trucking industry, it's B2B. The space that I was in was B2B. And uh, when you're talking to other businesses, you know, a lot of the things that you can do to kind of coax consumers into wanting to buy your product is different. So it really forced me to be creative in finding out different ways to market and different ways to advertise. And I think that I've taken that with me to now. It sounds like it definitely tested your skills. Oh, absolutely. Every day. That's what I really loved about that job. It was really hard because every single day I was challenged. Every single day I had the task of figuring out new ways and better ways to market this trucking company. And, you know, they were tough. They did not settle for less and they shouldn't have. Kate, clearly you have strengths in advertising and marketing, but one of the strengths that really impresses me that you and John both seem to share is the power of networking. And I was at NMX and I was fortunate to attend your meetup, which was in your suite (laughs) at the Rio Casino. And I'll never forget it. It was so many people. It was a little wild, a little crazy, but it was a lot of fun and everybody had a great time. And again, it was that social proof is like, man, this is really working for Entrepreneur on Fire. So how has the power of networking helped you and John to grow and evolve the business? Well, I think first off, it's helped both of us grow a ton individually. I'll speak for myself because I know that John is already such a great networker and he's very outgoing and he's easy to approach and he's easy to talk to. And anybody that's met John can vouch for that. Me, on the other hand, you know, I didn't really come from a background where I did that a lot. I was behind the scenes a lot more and I was kind of in positions in my previous jobs where nobody really ever called me to the front. You know, I had a job in the background and I got it done and I did really well at it. And that was kind of the end of the story. You know, I wasn't invited to big marketing events or, you know, fancy dinners where I had to go, you know, talk with people and throw parties and stuff. It 
it just, I wasn't at the forefront. And so coming into Entrepreneur on Fire and being able to do that, being able to go to events, being able to meet people, being able to network, I just realized how much I love it. And I realized how scary it used to be for me to get in front of a group of people or be in front of a bunch of people. And now just how much I love it. So aside from personally growing from that, I feel like it's really helped Entrepreneur on Fire because it gets us out there. It lets people know that John and I are real. We're not called up in some weird studio office all day and not talking to people and not being open. And that's not who we are. We're doing this so that we can reach people. We're doing this so that we can inspire people. And, you know, we want to be a part of that. We're not just doing it and then shipping it. We want to be in the process. So us getting out there and meeting people, I think, shows our audience that that's truth for us. It's not just what we talk about. So going along the lines of that same topic, I mean, you guys are definitely real. Just like Jared said, New Media Expo, I got to hang out with you guys both. Just blown away. Now, how do you personally balance that work life? That's a great question. And I think it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. It's definitely a question that we get often from people in our audience and from people in our mastermind. And it's tough. Sometimes, you know, honestly, we don't. We could probably do a lot better job of that. And John and I are both very passionate about our work. Now that we've moved into a new apartment, I actually have my own office and John has a studio set up out in the living room. So, you know, sometimes we wake up in the morning and we go our separate ways. And at eight o'clock at night, we're wondering why we haven't eaten dinner yet or, you know, gone outside yet. But I think we're getting a lot better with that. And we're really taking the time to stop at night, get together, have dinner, you know, go out and sit on our balcony and really enjoy this gorgeous view that we have in our new place. And we've made Sunday mornings now our alone together time. So we go out and we do breakfast or we go for a beach cruise on the bay or we go hang out with our friends or, you know, whatever that might be. We got annual passes to SeaWorld so that we could join my sister and her family in that activity. And so We're trying to kind of set aside those times and be very specific about them so that we don't let work take over. Kate, the success of Fire Nation Elite and then Podcasters Paradise, you've learned a lot of what to do. Maybe you've learned a few things of maybe not to do next time. So what advice do you have to the listeners who are thinking, hey, I want to start my first product? Uh, What do you say to that person? I would say to that person to just really take a step back and make sure that you're creating something that is for your audience and that's not for you to make X amount of money, that's not for you to break X, Y record. Building a product and getting it out there is really about providing something to your audience that is going to help them. And if you're focusing on, you know, you should certainly have goals with your products. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have goals, you know, whether they be monetary or number based or or whatever it may be. I definitely think goals are important, but I really want to focus on the fact that your product should be for your audience and not for yourself. So essentially what you're saying is the old make sure you build the best whatever XYZ provide the best value for your end consumer and the money and the success and everything else will organically follow after that. Thank you. That was beautiful. Well, yeah, I think that ties into what you said earlier, Kate. You need to be getting that advice from your audience and you need to get advice from people who've done it before. So I think that's a good equation. So I know we're coming up on our time here soon. So I want to know who's doing something that interests you now. Who are you looking at and saying, wow, that's creative. That's great. I love what they're doing. 
You know, Pat Flynn has kind of always been that person for me. And I know a lot of people in the industry probably say that, but you know, it's honest. Pat's really someone that every time I listen to one of his episodes, I feel like I get just amazing advice from him. And every time he comes out with something new, I feel like I resonate with it so well. I feel like we're on such close tracks, I guess, is maybe what it is. Maybe why I resonate with it so well is, you know, I feel like Pat and I kind of have the same mind sometimes. Like I listened to one of his episodes about pulling back the curtains and, you know, letting somebody behind the scenes. And he kind of talked about letting your audience feel like they're a part of your business too. And that's always how I felt with, um, you know, my advertising and marketing background. I've always tried to get my clients to understand that, that it's not a company versus, you know, client relationship. It's more of how can you bring your clients so that in so that they feel a part of your company. And so a lot of the stuff that he talks about raving fans and bringing your audience in and, and letting them feel a part of it, I really resonate with that. So I always keep my eye on Pat because he's always coming up with new things. You know, he doesn't settle for, okay, this is working. So I'm just going to keep doing this forever. He's constantly got his finger on the pulse and he's constantly coming up with really cool new things. Kate, Chris and I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us. What is the best place for the listeners to sign up for Podcasters Paradise, learn more about Fire Nation Elite, the Firepath series, and stay connected with everything that you're doing online? Awesome. Well, you know, our main headquarters is eofire.com. You can check out the blog there, which is where I create my magic. And you can sign up for our newsletter on our homepage. The Firepath again is at thefirepath.com. And if you want to check out Podcasters Paradise, head over to podcastersparadise.com and you can sign up for one of our next live webinars. Beautiful. Before we end this fantastic conversation that we just had, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Final thoughts for the listeners, man, just, you know, don't give up. Don't get frustrated and don't let fear and doubt and all these false feelings get in your way. I really think that that's strong advice. And there's probably a lot of people out there that are thinking, okay, that's easier said than done. And I absolutely know it is because I've been through it and I go through it every day. I get scared to do stuff for Entrepreneur on Fire and for Fire Nation all the time, but you can't let that stop you or else you'll never start. So just do it. Kate, thank you again. Best wishes to you and your family and John and your business. Uh, man, this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. I had a blast. Firepath series, you should be very excited to sign up because I'm going to take you on a wild journey that's going to give you the best business tips in a weekly email series that you've ever signed up for.